Happy Friday! All right, time for the celebration, don't you think? Good morning and welcome to our Friday broadcast, the Vince Coakley Radio Program. Hope you are well. We have all kinds of things to talk about during the course of the broadcast today, including some breaking news about an indictment that will be unsealed in just, well, about an hour. This one involves a Democrat senator. We'll talk about that coming up in just a bit. I'm going to share some really encouraging news about what might be described as an uprising taking place north of our border. I am at the place where I've pretty much given up Western Europe and Canada. These folks, when you talk about going woke, they've pretty much gone all in to the point of labeling reading Bible verses as hate speech, that sort of thing. But there's an interesting thing that's happening right now in Canada. We will talk about that. We will address the subject of mockery today. We've got a couple of examples, and they're both very different. I will tell you I'm very sympathetic toward one person. You will hear what he has to say coming up in just a few minutes. Also... We have a double feature for Faith Focus Friday. I'm trying to figure out who it is, a friend of mine who posted something on social media a few days ago, and it is absolutely fire. I'll just give you a little bit of a hint. Five things Jesus never said that people believe he said. We will go into those things. When I saw this post, I thought, I love this. This is just brilliant that's coming up in just a few minutes and also a reminder about why we are here i have kind of stolen a phrase from one of my favorite people dr laura a lot of times when people call in they'll share about issues and problems and struggles that they're dealing with and she will ask the question what do you want to do between now and dead and hey this is one of the questions i raise now I ask this first of, of myself. What, what do I want to do? What am I called to do between now and dead? It really gives you perspective, doesn't it? Because you have to understand there's an endpoint here. There is an, an endpoint. And it would be foolish of us not to keep that in mind. I want to begin with some breaking news. This involves Senator Bob Menendez of New Jersey. He's a Democrat, the chairman of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. A couple of versions of the story. He's been charged with bribery and a federal indictment to be unsealed today at 11 a.m. That's all one story says. Politico. Authorities to charge Senator Bob Menendez and wife today. Well, there is a little detail that's not in the other story. His wife included. Politico is saying federal authorities in New York said they plan to announce an indictment Friday against U.S. Senator Bob Menendez and his wife. This would be the second time Menendez has been indicted. He stood trial several years ago, but that ended in a mistrial. 
the New Jersey Democrats, is up for re-election next year. Boy, won't this be brilliant. When more information is released on this, we will bring this to you. I want to talk about what is right with the world. And I began north of the border. I had a conversation with, let's just say, a relative yesterday evening. And I have to tell you, because my conversation with this relative was a person who, uh, by his own description, his politics diametrically opposed to mine. But he said, you know what? On this subject, when we're talking about kids, you've got to draw a line. This is an encouragement to me because I really do believe this is an example where there's a greater consensus than we can ever imagine on this particular subject. A great consensus on this. Breitbart story on this anti-grooming protests sweep Canada. Parents speak out against transgender propaganda in schools. One person posted this on social media. The sheer number of people here is unreal. We will get police counts soon, but it's got to be close to 10,000 in Ottawa alone. This is happening across the country. And it may just be the death blow to the Trudeau government. The election may be a ways away, but he's done. That might be... An overly optimistic assessment. And I'm not even thinking about that now. I'm celebrating the fact that people are standing up, not just in America, but all over the world. And they are saying no to propaganda. Breitbart story. A large anti-grooming protest sweeping across Canada as demonstrators speak out against transgender propaganda and gender identity ideology being taught to children in schools. Prominent, I want you to hear this word, prominent, feminist. Feminist, Megan Murphy, wrote on X, along with a hashtag, one million march for children. I am watching videos from across Canada. Amazing and inspiring. She's a feminist. Remember one of the things I said to you? The left is very good at getting all of these groups assembled. They get the gays, the radical feminists, the transgenders, blacks, Hispanics. They're all part of one big mix. And everybody's supposed to agree with one another. This is the way this works. It's supposed to be a coalition of the aggrieved. But it's not working that way on this subject. People have come to the conclusion, when you start pushing this stuff on children, you have crossed a line that is unacceptable. Megan Murphy explained that tens of thousands of Canadians are saying no to gender ideology being taught in schools, telling trans activists to leave the kids alone as they peacefully protest in Ottawa, Edmonton, Calgary, Toronto, Vancouver, and Montreal, among other cities. This 
is definitely an exciting development. One Canadian mother said she will not stop speaking out until radical gender ideology is vanquished and removed from our children's lives. In a photo shared on social media, the mother was seen holding a sign which read, Mom, a human female who protects her kids from gender ideology. <laughs> I love it. There's a definition for you. <laughs> a far-right white supremacist, according to the mainstream media. These people are disgusting, aren't they? This dad brought tears to my eyes. What a great step forward. The Million March for Children has been. Now public figures need to find their spines. One ex-user wrote, sharing a video of a father explaining why he was protesting. We're going to tell you more about what he has to say. This just thrills my heart. I hope it moves you as it does me. And we'll talk more about this as we continue our Friday broadcast. Back on the Vince Coakley radio program on this Friday. And we remind you about a very important event that is coming up next week. This, ladies and gentlemen, is Pediatric Cancer Awareness Month. It's time for the fourth annual WBT Little Heroes Blood Drive. Your generous donations of blood are critical. Helping brave kids in the fight for their lives. So please consider donating next Thursday, September 28th at the WFNZ Doghouse in Uptown. It's the fourth annual WBT Little Heroes Blood Drive in partnership with One Blood. Visit WBT.com for details and register your appointments on the One Blood Big Red Bus. If you'd like to join the conversation here, our phone number is 704-570-1110, 704-570-1110. I told you about breaking news toward the top of the show about Bob Menendez. And not surprisingly, a lot more information on this has leaked out about the charges against him. Not just against him, but his wife. And we'll delve into that coming up a little bit later on. We've started off telling you about this uprising in Canada, of all places. A place where you would think... They've completely bought into the woke agenda. No, they have not. And parents have had enough. And parents are now taking to the streets. I told you about a father protesting. Why is this father protesting? Here's what he says. This is who we're fighting for, referring to the newborn he was carrying. We're not here for hate. I don't know where there's a lot of talk about hate. We respect everybody. But our children, there's a line that's drawn on our children. I think ideology should be taught at home. What the parents want. And the way that they're forcing this, it's not right. It's not like we had a roundtable discussion where they're like, Hey, what do we want in our education system? No, this has been infiltrated without anybody's consent. And now, for our own children, we want to speak out. We're creating hate. We're creating division. I don't think so. Look around. Look how many skin colors, religions, 
Look how many people are united. Why? Because we have one thing in common. That is our children. Nobody will ever back down from their children. Another image from the protest shows a demonstrator holding up a sign that reads, Never trust anyone who says, Don't tell your parents. Oh my goodness, I love this phrase. Isn't this one of the most important things we tell our children? Never trust anyone who says, Don't tell your parents. Referring to school districts that encourage their employees to refrain from telling parents if their child is identifying as someone else in school. This person goes on. What an incredible cross-section of our Tri-Cities community. Another ex-user wrote, Children to seniors, Muslims, Christians, atheists, rich and poor, everyone out to protect children from harmful ideologies. I love this. One student can be heard asking at one of the anti-grooming protests in Canada, in school, why do I need to know about pronouns? <laughs> when I grew up and I have kids, what do I want to tell my kids? When I was in school, I learned about how to ask people their pronouns. What do I want to say? They taught me how to be successful in life, he added. This kid's brilliant. It's not that I don't like them. I'll acknowledge them. But don't force me. And don't force the schools to teach us this, because we don't need to know much about this. We need to know about life, how to get further in life, the student said. Doesn't this make you feel good? Even kids get it. They realize they're being fed BS. Another ex-user reacted, I am so in awe of Canada. Huge crowds in every city marching to tell schools to stop pushing gender dogma on kids. The media will lie and call it anti-LGBT plus hate. But the most unstoppable force on the earth is parents who know their kids are in danger. Additional video footage shows a plethora of Canadian demonstrators speaking out against transgender propaganda in schools. Another ex-user declared, Canadians are all done with gender ideology. Boy, we can hope. Meanwhile, a similar demonstration appears to be underway in the U.S. On Wednesday, Gays Against Groomers announced its upcoming Stop the War on Children rally, which the organization says will be happening in all 50 states. Boy, this is going to be good. Aren't you encouraged? People are waking up. They're waking up, and this goes across so many lines. So you can't just say this is a bunch of right-wing people. These are people who are just tired of the nonsense. And they're not going to put up with any more propaganda. Speaking of propaganda, you've got folks who are standing up to the Speaker of the House. And he's not too happy. Coming up in the broadcast, we'll talk about the latest efforts to do whatever Congress is going to do about funding the government. You'll hear what Kevin McCarthy has to say about this. He gets a little bit upset. Also, we will address the subject of mockery. 
One person you will probably laugh at. The other person, I hope you have some measure of sympathy and empathy for. Also, we've got Faith Focus Friday. Back on the Vince Coakley Radio program. And we have more on the breaking news regarding Bob Menendez from New Jersey. Semaphore has some additional information. Boy, this is pretty interesting and detailed. Here is their headline. Democratic senator charged with bribery over Halal Meat Company. Hmm. So what's going on here? U.S. Senator Bob Menendez, a Democrat from New Jersey, has been indicted alongside his wife on bribery charges over their corrupt relationship with three New Jersey businessmen. The businessmen allegedly bribed Menendez to benefit themselves in the country of Egypt. The indictment alleges Menendez and his wife, Nadine Menendez, used the senator's influence over foreign aid to accept bribes through a halal meat certifying company that scored a monopoly with the Egyptian government to certify imported meat. After learning the company was likely to become Egypt's sole meat certifier, Nadine Menendez texted her husband. Seems like halal went through. It might be a fantastic 2019 all the way around. <laughs> My gosh. <laughs> These people are in so much trouble. The bribes allegedly included, you ready for this? Cash, gold bars, a luxury car, and more. During a search of their home, investigators found envelopes of cash stuffed into closets and clothing, including jackets bearing Senator Menendez's name, according to the indictment. Oh, my gosh. Menendez, who served in the Senate since 2006, 17 years, previously indicted on unrelated federal corruption charges in 2015. The charges later dropped after a jury couldn't reach a verdict. Semaphore reported last October, Menendez was under investigation again. A 2019 report in Egyptian news outlet, Mada Masur, detailed how the company named the indictment, ISEG Halal, had become the only halal meat certifier for Egypt. It had been a virtually unknown entity in the market, but its monopoly meant it could collect millions in fees every year. These folks are in so much trouble. But I have to ask the question. While we are talking about Senator Menendez and his wife Nadine, do not forget the folks who have collected millions of dollars. The Biden family. And what they have done is no less sordid. In fact, it may be more sordid. So do not forget. When you see this media frenzy over Menendez today, ask yourself the question. Have these so-called journalists spent any time whatsoever just asking basic questions about the Biden family?
Just asking questions. You don't have to make allegations. But just basic ones. Like, for instance, who the hell cares about Hunter Biden? Why would anybody give him millions of dollars? Or anybody in his family? That's the beginning question. And you know where it takes you. This is not complicated at all, folks. Not complicated at all. The Guardian, reporting on the drama going on in the nation's capital. As you know, here we are with just a week left before the government officially runs out of money. There's supposed to be a new budget in place on October 1st. As you know, these folks don't do budgets because they don't need to. Because all they have to do is keep digging into your pockets. These scoundrels who don't know their heads from their rear ends are about to push up against another deadline. And I have to tell you, I don't care. I don't care. And I have to say, I'm probably one of those people that Kevin McCarthy is complaining about. Here's what's going on. Poor, poor Kevin McCarthy was dealt his second humiliating defeat of the week yesterday when his conference again failed to approve a procedural motion as members continued to clash over government spending levels with just days left to avert a federal shutdown. With no clear path forward in Republicans' negotiations, the House concluded its work without any stated plan to reconvene today. Tom Emmer, the House Republican whip, said in a statement, discussions related to 2024 appropriations are ongoing. Members are advised ample notice will be given ahead of any potential votes tomorrow, referring to today or this weekend. A proposal to take up House Republicans' defense spending bill failed in a vote of 216 to 212. You see how tight the margin is. You know, and and this language, I'm serious. These people need their asses beat who are writing these stories. You ready for the, the rest of this line? A proposal to take up House Republicans' defense spending bill failed in a vote of 216 to 212, with five hard right members joining Democrats in opposing the motion. What in the hell is hard right? What does that mean? And, and I, would love, I would love to hear this journalist say, what, what does it mean? What is hard right? So if you want to exercise some fiscal discipline, you're considered hard right. If that is hard right, I plead guilty. And if that's the way you do journalism, you are a moron. This is ridiculous. By the way, this vote is the second time this week. The motions failed after members of the House Freedom Caucus blocked the first bill on Tuesday. (laughs) So what does poor Kevin McCarthy have to say for himself? Well, let's listen to what he had to say um, after this vote. I don't understand why anybody votes against bringing the idea through and having the debate. And then you've got all the amendments if you don't like the bill. This is a whole new concept of individuals that just want to burn the whole place down. Like, that doesn't work. But I know it's an obstacle, but I find it as a challenge, and we're going to solve it. These people just want to burn the whole place down. You know, well, maybe they should. 
Because you've not given any good reason to support this garbage. I'm already I'm already at a point where I'm ready to pronounce this is an example of failed leadership. It's failed leadership. Kevin McCarthy is a failure. I mean, do I need to tell you again? You already know. He's got a, an F Liberty score. Don't be fooled by the bravado and the strong words, the strong language where it looks like he's leading and taking a stand. This man is a progressive Don't forget that. And the breaking news just keeps coming. So what have you learned today? Well, we have Senator Menendez, New Jersey, and his wife, now indicted on charges related to bribery and connected to Egypt, of all places. This is just bizarre. And now we have another breaking news story. As if the economy was not challenged enough. We've now learned that United Auto Workers is going to expand its strikes against automakers to 38 locations in 20 states. They're stepping up the pressure. Talk about burning stuff down. These folks will not be satisfied until they basically burn down the American auto industry. You know, between the unions and <laughs> these stupid, ridiculous, nonsensical policies connected to saving the earth, these folks are going to go under. And they've been, oh, what happened? What happened to my job? You gave it away, you moron, when you voted for these nitwit politicians who worship the earth, who believe they're the ones who are going to save the earth. <laughs> Just cracks me up how naive so many folks are. All right. Let's talk about mockery. I believe this is a Breitbart story. Former White House pandemic chief Anthony Fauci is, I don't know why this is coming back up again, but he's complaining about some things that have been said about him over the years. And of course, this is all targeted toward the far right. And I defy any of these nitwit jackasses to define what far right means. They don't even know the left from the right. Nonetheless, get a load of this. Fauci is saying comments like those from Governor Ron DeSantis force him to have a security detail amid threats on his life. DeSantis and other Republicans have repeatedly attacked Fauci, who served in the Trump and Biden administrations over pandemic policies, including mask mandates and the COVID vaccine. He said, I'm the one that had to, in an uncomfortable way, disagree with the president of the United States. That was very painful for me. Oh, poor baby. 
But I felt that in order to just maintain my own personal, professional integrity and responsibility, which you don't have, you've got none of, this is one lying bastard who I think history will ultimately reveal is partially responsible for the COVID crisis in the first place. I think history is going to reveal that. Once we skip through all of the people puckering on Anthony Fauci's rear end and all of these so-called experts who we now know never knew what they purported to know. Anyway, so he said in this interview on MSNBC, I felt in order to just maintain my own personal professional integrity and responsibility to the American public that I had to say it like it was. And I had to do it publicly. That triggered a degree of negativity towards me on the part of the far right. (laughs) And he said that attacks like the comments you're about to hear encourage actual acts of violence. Somebody that doesn't know anything about me who's crazy says, wow. I'm going to go get that person or that person should be killed or that person should be prosecuted. That's the reason I have to have security. Governor Santos doesn't personally want to hurt me. He's triggering people who are bad and really do want to hurt people. That's the problem. Where, where, where? My heart bleeds. While you suck from the teat of the American people while we're working our asses off to pay your salary. You're whining. If you can't deal with it, go home. Go home. Where, where, where? So what is he complaining about? Let's hear again, and we've played before on this program. Here's a clip from Ron DeSantis mocking Dr. Anthony Fauci. You have people like Fauci saying that his lockdowns didn't cause any permanent damage to any young kids. I got news for you, it did, and we are going to reap those rewards across the whole country for years and years and years because they treated kids so poorly. And I'm just sick of seeing him. I know he says he's going to retire. Someone needs to grab that little elf and chuck him across the Potomac. (laughs) Isn't that funny? I mean, come on. How many people do you think are going to run to Washington? Well, I'm going to go find that elf and throw him in the Potomac. (laughs) That's what they want you to believe. That somebody's going to go do that. (laughs) I think it's absolutely hysterical. My goodness. Get a life. I mean, really. You're in the public eye. You've really lied and you've betrayed the American people. First off, by, as I've said before, we're going to ultimately learn that Dr. Fauci is connected to this virus in the first place. And then secondly, by shutting the country down and the impact on children that in many cases is not going to be remedied anytime in the near future. So you have all of these people, and let's talk about mental health. How many people genuinely have mental health issues that have been worsened by the COVID crisis? Who's responsible partially for that? Dr. Anthony Fauci. Who is he concerned about? His own ass. See, I'm telling you, folks, 
These are selfish people who have no business working in public. The whole point of what you're supposed to do as a public servant's servant is to lay down your life. I, the new definition, the new modern definition of public servant is serving yourself in public. That's what it is. If you don't believe me, just look at Senator Menendez. Look at Dr. Fauci. Absolutely unbelievable. Still to come on the broadcast, we have Faith Focus Friday. And I will share with you another example of mockery that I do have empathy for this person. That much more as we continue our Friday broadcast of the Vince Coakley Radio Program. Wow, this Menendez story just gets more interesting by the hour. Get a load of this. Remember I told you about how they did a search of his home and found money all over the place? Apparently, investigators found nearly half a million dollars inside Menendez's home. Half a million dollars. That is a lot. In case you're just joining us, U.S. Senator Bob Menendez from New Jersey and his wife had indicted in New York on federal bribery charges related to their allegedly corrupt relationship with three businessmen from their home state to protect those men and benefit the nation of Egypt. There's a news conference about to get underway to discuss this indictment where they've also charged three businessmen. Menendez is up for re-election next year. We understand, according to NBC News, he's stepping down as chair of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, thank goodness, because of this indictment. Here's the information we have thus far. Menendez and his wife, from at least 2018 through 2022, last year, accepted hundreds of thousands of dollars in bribes in exchange for using Menendez's power and influence as senator to benefit the men of Egypt. Those bribes bribes include cash, gold, payments toward a home mortgage, compensation for a low or no-show job, a luxury vehicle, and other things of value. Isn't that just wonderful? This is actually the second time Menendez has been indicted on federal bribery charges. In 2015, he was charged with 14 criminal counts related to hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of lavish gifts and campaign donations he received from a Florida ophthalmologist. Now, the ophthalmologist was later convicted of Medicare fraud and sentenced more than 15 years in prison. The prosecution against Menendez was dropped. That trial ended in a hung jury. (laughs) It's hilarious. So Menendez and Nadine, his wife, charged with three counts, conspiracy to commit bribery, conspiracy to commit honest services fraud, and conspiracy to commit extortion under color of official right. The indictment alleges Bob Menendez promised and sought to disrupt a federal criminal prosecution of one of these men in exchange for the money and other items of value. Those efforts by Menendez allegedly included recommending to President Joe Biden that he nominate a candidate for U.S. attorney for New Jersey 
who Menendez believed could be influenced by Menendez with respect to this case. My gosh, what a mess. For his part, Biden later nominated Philip Selinger as U.S. Attorney for New Jersey, the top federal prosecutor in the state. Not the person that Mr. Menendez was hoping for. When this news conference gets underway, we will try to go into this live. These things never start on time. So it's not a surprise that we are still waiting. Now to Faith Focus Friday. I want to share a couple of items with you. The first, Demetrius. I am trying to remember who this is because someone I'm connected with on social media. But I want you to listen to these things very well because these are five things Jesus never said that people believe he said. You want to brace yourself for these because you hear these all the time in pop culture. When I hear these things, I just want to barf. The first one, follow your heart. Oh my gosh, I hate that one. Two, be true to yourself. You're going to see a theme with all of these. And I'll bet you'll figure it out very quickly. Number three, believe in yourself. Number four, live your truth. I can just hear Oprah right now. (laughs) And last but not least, as long as you're happy, that's all that matters. How many of you have said these things to yourself or other people have said these things to you? I have a secret for you. Every single one of those things you just heard, they're lies. All of them. Follow your heart. Be true to yourself. Believe in yourself. Live your truth. And as long as you're happy, that's all that matters. You know, the theme to all of these things is this is all about you deifying yourself and your own ideas, beliefs, values, desires. If I were to rewrite these on the fly, I would tell you, follow his heart, as in your heavenly father. Be true to him. Believe in him. Live the truth, not your truth. And what really matters? Not as long as you're happy. What pleases him? What brings joy to your heavenly father? Now this is based on the idea that you care what God thinks. If you don't, that's another story. So (laughs) go ahead and follow all of these things if you have no intention of following him just make sure you don't confuse confuse these things the problem is all of those things i just shared with you in some form are very are ideas that are very popular within christian circles you can listen to tv preachers who will tell you these things all day and go into so-called christian bookstores and there are plenty of books that will tell you all kinds of wonderful things about yourself and how great you are It's so predictable. One more thing, and this really ties in well. This is a priest. His name is Jewel Atona. 
And he communicates the idea of how we need to live our lives. We need to live our lives with this very important thought in mind. Here is Jewel Atona for Faith Focus Friday. If we die, if we die before the second coming, we will be put into the ground and above us will be a tombstone. And on that tombstone will be two dates. The first date will be the day that we were born and the second date will be the day that we died. And in between those two dates will be a dash. And that dash will represent every single choice that we have made in this life, either for God or against God. May that dash represent and have everything to do with fulfilling the purpose of our existence which is knowing, loving, and serving God in this world so that in hope we may be with him forever in the next. Knowing, loving, and serving God. That's what that dash is for. Faith Focus Friday. What are your thoughts? 704-570-1110 is our number. 704-570-1110. We still have to come on this broadcast we still have the segment where we will talk about mockery and someone I believe you need to be a probably have some empathy for. We will get to that. Also, the news conference on Bob Menendez is about to get underway. Boy, the video is already interesting. Pictures of some of the evidence in this trial, including cash, gold bars, and a car, a luxury car. As time permits, we'll listen in on what this prosecutor has to say and much more. Hey there, Charlotte. September Pediatric Cancer Awareness Month. It's time for the fourth annual WBT Little Heroes Blood Drive. Your generous donations of blood, critical to helping brave kids in the fight for their lives. So, Please consider donating next Thursday, September 28th at the WFNZ Doghouse in Uptown. It's the fourth annual WBT Little Heroes Blood Drive in partnership with One Blood. Visit WBT.com for details and to register your appointment on the One Blood Big Red Bus. Right now, the news conference is apparently underway in New York City regarding Senator Bob Menendez and his wife, who have now been indicted. Let's listen to the U.S. attorney briefing reporters on what this is all about. In the form of cash, gold, home mortgage payments, a low-show or a no-show job for Nadine Menendez, a Mercedes-Benz, and other things of value to the senator and his wife. Now, constituent service is part of any legislator's job. Senator Menendez is no different. And as we explain in the indictment, there are things that Senator Menendez says he can do for his constituents and things that he says he cannot do for his constituents. He put it all on his Senate website. So for instance, it says he cannot compel an agency to act in someone's favor. It says he cannot influence matters involving a private business. It says he cannot get involved in criminal matters or cases, period. But we allege that behind the scenes, Senator Menendez was doing those things for certain people, the people who were bribing him and his wife. 
Now let me say a little bit more about the conduct that's alleged in the indictment. The indictment alleges that Senator Menendez took several actions as part of this corrupt relationship. First, the indictment alleges that Senator Menendez used his power and influence, including his leadership role on the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, to benefit the government of Egypt in various ways. Among other actions, Senator Menendez allegedly provided sensitive, non-public U.S. government information to Egyptian officials and otherwise took steps to secretly aid the government of Egypt. We also allege that Senator Menendez improperly pressured a senior official at the U.S. Department of Agriculture to protect a lucrative monopoly that the government of Egypt had awarded to HANA, a lucrative monopoly that HANA then used to fund certain bribe payments. Second, the indictment alleges that Senator Menendez used his power and influence to try to disrupt a criminal investigation and prosecution undertaken by the New Jersey Attorney General's Office related to an associate and a relative of Uribe. Third, the indictment alleges that Senator Menendez used his power and influence to try to disrupt a federal prosecution of Davies in the District of New Jersey in two ways. First, by seeking to install a United States attorney who he thought could be influenced with respect to Davies. And second, by trying to influence that office to act favorably in Davies' case. And as we allege in the indictment, the senator agreed to do these things and use his power in this way because Hanna was paying bribes, because Uribe was paying bribes, and because Davies was paying bribes. Fortunately, the public officials the senator sought to influence did not bend to the pressure. That's a good thing. Now, as part of this investigation, special agents with the FBI executed search warrants on the residence and safe deposit box of Senator Menendez and Nadine Menendez in New Jersey. When they got there, they discovered approximately $500,000 of cash stuffed into envelopes and closets. Some of the cash was stuffed in the senator's jacket pockets. And some of the cash, some of the envelopes of cash contained Davies' fingerprints or Davies' DNA. That's not all. Agents also discovered a lot of gold, gold that was provided by Davies and Hanna. And the FBI, of course, found the Mercedes-Benz that Uribe had provided them. Now, the items that the FBI uncovered are discussed in the indictment, which I encourage all of you to read carefully. Let's take a look at just some of the items. So as you can see here, this is the Mercedes-Benz that we allege that Uribe provided as part of the scheme. What you see here are three kilograms of gold. These three kilograms together are worth approximately $150,000. And of course here you can see just a fraction of the cash that was uncovered as part of the scheme. Now I want to make a couple of things very clear. First, my office remains firmly committed to rooting out public corruption without fear or favor and without any regard to partisan politics. That's in our DNA. Always has been, always will be. And second, this investigation is very much ongoing. We are not done. And I want to encourage anyone with information to come forward and to come forward quickly. And they can do that by reaching out to the FBI's tip line at 1-800-CALL-FBI. 
Now, a case of this magnitude requires tremendous partnership. And I want to thank our partners at the FBI who have been with us since day one. You've been listening been to a live news conference from Damian Williams. He is a U.S. attorney, SDNY, U.S. attorney. <laughs> this is just mind-boggling. The pictures, I told you about these pictures earlier. It actually shows this Mercedes, the gold bars, which we now know are worth $150,000. And the money, half a million dollars, cash, found at the home of Senator Menendez. This story is mind-boggling. And it's also pretty ominous that the U.S. attorney here mentions their investigations ongoing. So who knows what else they will uncover along the way. I want to quickly get to mockery. In the previous hour, I told you I have no sympathy whatsoever for Anthony Fauci complaining about some comments made, among others, by Ron DeSantis suggesting that they should just grab that elf and throw him into the Potomac. John Fetterman, John Fetterman, you're familiar with him. He's the one who won the Senate seat in Pennsylvania. The guy who had a stroke. The guy who really needs to be home. He took part in a hearing on the subject of disabilities. This was a U.S. Senate Special Committee on Aging, where witnesses with disabilities testified before the committee. He showed one of the apps he uses on his iPhone that transcribes words so he's able to communicate effectively with, with others. And my heart goes out to him as a human being. Absolutely. And you can hear he gets quite emotional as he shares about his disability and connects it to those who are experiencing the same kinds of things. We're going to get to this coming up after the break. I think it's well worth listening to. And we're back with the Vince Coakley Radio Program, 35 minutes after 11 o'clock. Let's go out to a call in the sprawling metropolis of Huntersville. And Gary, good morning, Gary. Welcome. Hey, Vince. Good morning to you, too. Uh, this is Bob Menendez. Tells you how guilty he was the first time, obviously. <laughs> but he got off because he's a Democrat. Now, what I want to do is hear, what I want to hear is how Jerry, Fred Mertz Pants, Nadler is going to protect him now and back him up like he did the first time. <laughs> I have a feeling he's going to try to stay quite far away from Mr. Menendez on this one, don't you think? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I don't, honestly, I have a feeling this is not going to go nowhere to the degree we hope it would. But also, I think this has been a, a plan by the Democrats because I think they're trying to make this now a deterrent or a distraction from Hunter and Joe Biden's problem to figure they're going to sacrifice one of their own for, you know, the sake of uh, Mr. Magoo. I mean, when you think about it, uh, this is very convenient because, I mean, heck, Hunter New Jersey is going to be indicted next week. Yeah, New Jersey and, um, you know, the who cares? Because the, the Senate seat is obviously going to be won by a Democrat anyway. Appreciate your call there, Gary. I shared earlier, and I was, and I don't have any apology to offer. Making fun of the little leprechaun, <laughs> Anthony Fauci. 
and his whining and complaining about supposedly the Florida governor putting his life in danger by suggesting that he get thrown into the Potomac. There's another person who claims he has been made fun of a lot. And I want to make this very clear. because I, I, I hope you understand the comments I've made about this man and understand that they're in this, it's in the same spirit. My comments about our current president, that he needs to be taken care of. He belongs in a place uh, away from the White House where he's being taken care of. The same is true for John Fetterman. This, this man really has no business being in the U.S. Senate. He doesn't. Having said that, I do think it's noteworthy the comments that he shares about suffering a stroke and how he's been able to identify with other people who have communication difficulties. Here is what John Fetterman had to say, and you'll hear him break down a bit as he shares his experience. Yeah, I had a stroke about 18 months ago, you know, and I have lost my ability to fully process language. And I like to think I was an empathetic person, truly. But until that happened, um, it, I've raised to a whole different kind of level as, as well. And it's profound to know now that I never really considered that without this kind of technology, I couldn't watch television. And I can't imagine if I didn't have this kind of a bridge to allow me to, con- to communicate with, with other people f- effectively. And, you know, because I live in a political environment, I was ridiculed and made fun of because I wasn't able to process things sometimes or say things, things. So I'm so sorry that I'm sure many of you had to go through this kind of thing. You know, I was lucky that I was, I was uh, lucky to go through my life, the vast majority of that with that, this kind of disability that I have. But, um, but Again, I can't imagine and how the, the challenges and I and I admire you know everyone that has to kind of live with these kind of struggles and 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 prevail over them. And we hope he does prevail. And like I said, this is on the personal side. Doesn't have anything to do with politics. I wish this man the best. I really do. And I hope that he ultimately, above everything else, is getting the care that he needs. Speaking of ailing, we have the the DeSantis campaign. In fact, a story we'll probably go into on Monday with people behind the scenes suggesting that this is not going to be a successful run for Ron DeSantis. And the question is, some are already asking the question, how long is it going to take before he literally drops out? Other candidates are moving ahead of him. Nikki Haley, in one particular poll, is actually ahead of him. MSNBC contributor Donnie Deutsch was on deadline, and he had some pretty strong comments here about why Ron DeSantis is not getting traction. Here is what Donnie Deutsch had to say. This is a simple example of... of Taking politics aside, breaking politics down to the most simplistic form, a candidate has to be likable in some form. Donald Trump is dastardly and evil, but he's entertaining. You don't want to sit 
next to Ron DeSantis. You don't want to have a cup of coffee with him. You, you don't. He is a just an ornery, unlikable character. Beyond strategically, he bet everything on woke and woke is not resonating. And we see the numbers and he doesn't talk about woke anymore. And beyond the fact that he just was trying to out Trump Trump, but he's not in any way Trump and he didn't give an alternative to Trump. He's just so damn unlikable. He's awkward. Uh, he, he's socially inept. And as you know, every presidential election comes down, who would you rather have a beer with? And this is not a guy you want to have a beer with. Hmm. What do you think about this assessment? Is this the real reason that thus far he has not only not gained traction, he's lost some ground, referring to Ron DeSantis? Do you think this is a fair and accurate assessment from Donny Deutsch? Pretty interesting, I think. Quite interesting indeed. And time will tell whether he has the wherewithal to be able to turn this around. That we will all watch together. Final stretch of the Vince Coakley radio program on this Friday. And we have another developing story to tell you about. I'm very curious as to where many of you are on our dealings with Ukraine. Now, my sense of this and the conversations we've had here, many of you are not comfortable with the escalation. Well, you're going to be less comfortable with what I'm about ready to tell you. NBC is reporting that President Joe Biden has told Volodymyr Zelensky during his visit here to the U.S., that we will provide a small number of long-range missiles to aid the war with Russia. Long-range missiles. The officials who were not authorized to speak publicly did not say when the missiles would be delivered or when a public announcement on this would be made. For months, Ukraine has asked for the Army Tactical Missile System. It's known as ATACMS. It would give Kiev the ability to strike targets from as far away as 180 miles, helping them to take out supply lines, railways, command and control locations behind the Russian front lines. This is a pretty significant escalation, I think. Defense officials have said the U.S. does not have a large stockpile of excess weapons of this type, which have a bigger po payload than traditional artillery to provide to Ukraine. Also, some in Washington have resisted supplying the weapon, known colloquially, colloquially as ATACMS. That's what they call them, A-T-A-C-M-S. They're concerned this would actually widen the war with Russia. The congressional officials said there was still a debate about the type of missile that would be sent and how many would be delivered to Ukraine. They added countries in East Europe had already given Ukraine large portions of their weapons stockpiles. What do you think about this? Does this concern you at all? Sending these additional weapons. Basically, it's an upgrade for the Ukrainians to assist their war against Russia. Are you comfortable with this? Speaking of the president... We have a new approval number. Are you ready for this one? This really 
tells you everything you need to know about how much America appreciates Mr. Magoo. A total of 39% of Americans say they approve of the way Joe Biden is handling his job as president. 39%. It's pretty bad. 56% say they disapprove of the way Biden is handling his job. This is from the American Research Group. In August, that number was 41 so it's dropped somewhat. When it comes to Biden's handling of the economy, 37% approve, 59% disapprove. In August, 37% approved of the way Biden was handling the economy, and 58% disapproved. So it's holding about steady. Among Americans registered to vote, 40% approve of the way Biden is handling his job as president, 56% disapprove. On handling of the economy, 37% of registered voters approve, 58% disapprove. Of the 39% of Americans saying they approve of the way Biden is handling his job as president, 65% say they expect the national economy will be better a year from now. Of the 56% saying they disapprove of the way Biden is handling his job as president, 71% say they expect the national economy will be worse a year from now. Right in time for the presidential election. Can he get these numbers up? Who knows? Who knows? Time for us to take a look at the day in history. We have a total of six items here. Bernie, how are you today? I'm great, Vince. I hope you are, man. Happy Friday. Hey, same to you. Yeah. Same to you. 1862 is the year. This president issued the Emancipation Proclamation. Abraham Lincoln. You are absolutely correct. All right. 1961, important to remember that date, this president signed legislation creating the Peace Corps. 61. Who was in office in 61? We had, we had this the other day, did we not? Uh-huh. Uh, is it Kennedy? It is Kennedy. All right. You are two for two on these. Nice. I'm not going to quiz you on this one. In 1969... Willie Mays hit home run number 600. Willie Mays. And he was the first since Babe Ruth to reach that number. 1975, this president suffered a second assassination attempt in less than three weeks. This was really bizarre. It was really a couple of deranged people. Who was president in 1975? Oh, would that be... I can give you a hint if you need Yeah, go ahead. One of the most boring presidents on the planet. Oh, um, gosh. Was... He came in after Tricky Dick. Uh... And, in fact, he pardoned Tricky Dick. Oh, oh my gosh. That oh, would be that's... President Ford. Ford, okay, gotcha. Gerald, Gerald Ford, Ford, 1975. Yep. 1985, the first Farm Aid concert held in Champaign, Illinois. And 1994, I don't know if you watched this show or not, but this show debuted... It's about a group of people who are connected. If I tell you how they're connected, I would tell you the name of the show. But this show debuted in 1994. A lot of young people like watching this show it's still. Not Friends, is it? You're absolutely correct. Oh, wow. Yeah, I never watched Friends, really. But I'm uh, a fan of Jennifer Aniston and Courtney Cox, though. I will say that. Okay, that's fair <laughs> enough. All right, in the category of totally and completely silly, this is one of the dumbest stories I've come across in recent days. Get a load of this. A woman was arrested in Orange County 
for stealing an alligator and keeping it in her hotel bathtub. <laughs> Isn't this a winner? So here's what happened. The Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission received a call to the Grove Resort and Water Park in Orange County. The Orange County Sheriff's Office was asking for assistance dealing with a young alligator a woman was keeping in her hotel room's bathtub. Now, according to the Fish and Wildlife Commission, she borrowed the alligator without permission to take pictures for her five-day stay at the resort for her birthday. So I guess she felt like she was entitled. Once the officer arrived on the scene, he asked for the person who had stolen the alligator. <laughs> this woman, Madison Steffen, revealed she had previously worked at Croc Encounters in Tampa Bay, which allows live alligators to go on display. So they went to Croc Encounters. This woman went to Croc Encounters before opening hours, used the keys to get into the building, and just took the gator with her. Then drove off back to the resort, with the resort where she placed it in the bathtub with water inside it. Um, of course, she was going to take it back. <laughs> Ultimately, she's now been charged with stealing this. What is wrong with these people? Is that crazy or is that crazy? Oh, Florida. Yes. It's very Arrest Florida. <laughs> it is. She's been arrested for a misdemeanor for a level three violation, unlawful sale, possession, or transportation of alligators or alligator skins. So... Uh, She's going to have to appear in court and explain her behavior. So, there you go. That's all the time we have for the broadcast today. Hope you have a great and awesome weekend, Lord willing. We're back tomorrow, Monday at the same time. We'll talk to you then. God bless.